0: Hi, and welcome to the latest episode of the Good Works Podcast. Today, Sarah and I are going to talk about grieving and the holidays and what we can learn from those who know how to grieve around the holidays. So after that sort of down topic, we will um, end as we always do with what we're looking forward to. So please stay tuned all the way till the end. So, hey, Sarah. Hey, Randy. How are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, 2020 <laughs> continues to 2020 like, like only it can.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, we're still doing it.
0: <laughs> still doing it. Still doing it. Um, so now we are fully in the throes of the holiday season, and that is kind of the top of mind, you know, taking up space next to COVID in our brains yeah. <laughs> is um, all things holiday. And a conversation that I think a lot of people are having is how to cope with the holidays in a time where we're trying to keep people safe by staying home or staying distanced. And um, that, that led me to think a bit that the Community Foundation knows a thing or two about grieving. A lot of people come to us when they have lost a loved one and they want to remember them. We end up with Um, a lot of people here in our office that are sad and missing someone that meant the world to them and I think that we can borrow from some of those lessons that grief has taught us uh, in 2020 as we think about how to manage the next couple of weeks of this time of year so uh are you ready to take this journey with me oh I'm ready Let's do it. <laughs> okay, um, grieving is is hard. It's hard to even talk about. Yeah. It's certainly hard to live with. And I do think it's important to think about the fact that people do live with grief. We have this idea of the stages of grief and that you travel through them, and it's linear. And what you know, what psychologists and. So- and people tell us all the time, is it's far from linear. It's not a thing where you make it through the end and you reach acceptance and you kind of ride off into the sunset feeling no more grief.
1: So you mean Rather, when people tell you to just get over it, you really can't? Yes. <laughs> you really
0: can't. You really can't. Um, and you know, one of the things about grief, one of the things I think about is you grieve because you love. You don't love in the past tense. You continue to love the person. And so loving a person who is no longer with us kind of turns into what we conceptualize as grief. But at the core of that grief is love. Yeah. And that's why so much philanthropy is rooted in grief because it's a wonderful way to continue to show and express love after a person has passed away. And that's part of why people come to the community foundation, particularly, like I said, you know, they start scholarships or funds or they want to continue giving money to the causes that mattered so much to the person they've lost. And that's why we end up having those conversations with folks about their, about the people they love and miss and what are the best ways to remember them. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's a big part of our job. It's a bit hidden when we talk all the time about grant making and scholarships and rooted in that, that, that money is often tied to someone who's long gone. And, uh, I don't, you know, this time of year that kind of bubbles up for us as well.
1: Yeah. And I'm Um, just, I'm thinking about, even if, even when, um, you know, folks that come to the foundation who are very much still alive. um, That's still part of the conversation, you know, because we all have an end date. um, And we don't always like to talk about it. But we do. It's inevitable. We're all going to move on someday. Um, So part of the conversation with living donors are even, okay, so after you're gone, what kind of legacy do you want to leave for your community or a cause or something that's um, something that you're passionate
0: about? That's right. That's right. That is a huge part of the conversations we have with every donor, essentially, yeah. um, regardless of where they are in their life stage. So yeah. so with that, I, I just think we've established for our dear listeners that <laughs> professionally we manage and work in the spaces in and around grief all the time and uh that that leads to it sort of bleeds into our personal lives we are also human beings that experience grief and sarah uh, someone that we haven't talked about lately but is a huge part of your life and actually the community foundation <laughs> life was your is your mom um Donna, who passed away a few years ago? yeah she was our team mom. She came <laughs> in at least once a week and took care of us, kind of think about like the old fashioned house mom you see in <laughs> old movies. that's what we had, and she did errands and she brought us treats, and I remember how she would always clean out the microwave. <laughs> Um, And so Donna time was so special to us. And of course we only had the teeniest fraction of Donna time as compared to what you had in life with one of the world's just kind of ultimate moms. Yeah. Uh, Now, now that we've lost her and I, I know that's been really hard. What are some of the ways that you remember Donna during the holidays? Uh, I mean, just for our listeners, yeah, Donna. Loved the holiday.
1: <laughs> she did. Any reason to go shopping and to buy somebody a gift, whether they needed it or not, was like on her radar. Oh my gosh, all the time. <laughs> it was so funny. I remember totally. one time when she was still with us working at the office, she was so frustrated with our sharp knives. <laughs> 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 because she's like, these are not sharp knives. Somebody's going to get hurt. So she's like, you cannot cut your bagels with these knives. So she, mm-hmm. the next time she came in, she bought a very sharp knife, which I've, I swear, I've cut myself on a number of times um, because <laughs> it is very sharp. But yeah, that's just one of the, um, the CF mom type things that she would do. So uh, this conversation is actually really timely for me because it's coming upon her, her, um, her uh, heavenly birthday, as I call it. Um, so. December 4th will be her um is the anniversary of my mom's unfortunate passing um but I try to do things throughout the year to remember her it's there's like so many people there's not a day that goes by when you probably don't think of your loved one who's passed um at some point during the day but especially during the holidays because Christmas and Thanksgiving were among my mother's favorites. Um, you know, we do the, the more traditional things like visiting the cemetery and, um, she loved a particular kind of stuffed cookie from Turks. And so Aiden and I, um, my son and I will go to the cemetery and we'll have a cookie and we'll chat with my mom for a little bit and talk about, um, different fun memories. Um, what did just try to think of all? Oh, so my mom, her one of the brightest achievements in her life was working for Steuben, uh, Steuben Glass. So there's a number of ornaments that she had bought me over the years um, from Steuben. So um, part of the decoration and, and tradition of decorating my house for um, for the holidays includes um, finding a special place for for those ornaments. Um, in particular. So um, those are a couple of things. I remember when she passed away, we were, as a family, we are thinking about, okay, so what do we want to put, what do we want to write in the obituary? Um, we didn't want people sending a bunch of flowers, um, even though that's lovely and kind, and some people really like that. We just, we wanted something, to do something else. So we, like what you were saying, Randy, we thought about those things that my mom was passionate about. Um when she was alive and so her you know a big passion was her church um and another passion was to help women and girls um and my mom was a single mom she raised me um alone starting at the age of 14 so um I know that helping other mothers was a passion of hers. So then we asked people to make donations to Janet's fund. And uh, that's a fund that we have at the community foundation that does just that helps women and girls who find themselves in difficult situations, whether that be needing a car repair um, to be able to get to work or paying for childcare or um, fleeing a domestic violence situation. So so that was really important to us at the time of her death, and um, and I try to make a gift to a fund similar to that throughout the year, just as a as a way to um, remember my mom. So that was a lot. That There's a cool. lot.
0: That, no, that's <laughs> and that's because you love her yeah, a lot, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Your relationship was so big; it takes a yeah. lot of ways to continue. Yeah. Um, I I absolutely love what you said, and as I think about the things you mentioned, for instance having those cookies that were her favorite <laughs> yeah. or making a gift to a fund that really means a lot or meant a lot to her, yeah. or we're really looking at those gorgeous Stuben ornaments yeah. and taking the time to just have her in your thoughts. Those are things people could do this year as they have to be far apart from their loved ones. Yes. So even if you haven't lost a parent, grandparent, someone close to you, but you just can't spend the holiday with them safely, because of the need to be physically distant because of covid you can borrow from those lessons yeah you know bake the cookies that your grandmother always bakes you know you know do those things it's okay go ahead and and take the time to continue the traditions even if they're not in person with you you can still enjoy the moment with them far away or maybe on the phone. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Zooming with family members over mm-hmm. the holidays. And I think some of us are feeling Zoom fatigue. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. I think for some people saying, for another Zoom. But, you know, just pick up the phone or send them a text or just actually just think about them. Yeah. And of course, what might be the most beautiful idea of all is write them a note, write them a letter. <laughs> I was just thinking about that
1: lost art of a handwritten letter. It's-
0: Exactly. Put it in the mail. (laughs) So rather than thinking, oh, I can't make grandma's cookies this year because without her here, it would be too sad. Flip that around and say, I'm gonna learn to make grandma's cookie recipe this year and I'm gonna send her some of those cookies. Mm. Or I'm gonna share those cookies with my next door neighbor safely, you know, drop them off. (laughs) Um, because I wanna share the love of my family we're going to be making all kinds of new and funny and silly weird traditions this year. And that's okay. There's no reason not to lean into it. So I just think I'm going to be borrowing from the ways I have watched you over the past several years, learn to cope with the fact that your mom is no longer here, but that she is still a very vibrant and visible part of your holiday celebrations. Yes,
1: exactly. Somebody once told me that, um, um, the price you pay for loving somebody um, is the pain and the hurt and the grief that you that you live, that you learn to live with, I guess you should say you learn to live with it. You'd never get over it. You learn to live with it You know throughout the rest of your life. And so for me, that's an OK trade off, um, you know, Whoa. because we love we have a lot of people in our lives that we love. And without that, gosh, I can't I can't imagine what life would be like.
0: Right, I would not trade grief away by by undoing all the loving relationships I have. Right, yeah, yeah. So with that, okay, that was pretty heavy. That um, was. <laughs> but I, I do appreciate that you're willing to talk about that. Oh yeah. And sometimes we just have to feel the feels, you know? Yeah. They, that's just how life works. Yeah, um, yeah. But we don't have to feel the feels all the time. So sometimes we can just have a lot of fun thinking about what we're looking forward to. Yeah, and boy, this time of year, that list is long. (laughs) So Sarah, what are you looking forward to in the next few weeks?
1: Oh, okay. So I was, so, so I was thinking about my mom. I'm thinking about food (laughs) And I know that's, um, oh man, this time of year, I'm just getting over Thanksgiving food and the binge fest that I had the last couple of days, but no, really holiday food is one of my favorites. Um, Aside from that, um, the CF team, we're going to be doing um, a very safe and socially distanced volunteer opportunity, helping out Catholic charities um, pack some holiday baskets for um, folks in our community Um, that's happening in the next couple of weeks. So um, that's going to be a lot of fun. We haven't had a chance to really be together as a team other than the dreaded Zoom um and um and occasional stops in the office so um it'll be nice to eat, to at least be in the same room um helping out others in um and our community have a have a brighter holiday season
0: so yes i am also really looking forward to that yeah. and i'm glad we get to spend some time volunteering in yeah. this strange environment so um yeah oh well, then i love that and i'll be looking forward to that with you
1: Thanks. how about you randy
0: there's no theater. (laughs) I know. I continue to have no chance to go see shows. Um, I am actually really looking forward to Hanukkah. Uh, it starts at sundown on December 10th. So it's nice and early this year. And I just want to be clear. It is important to say Hanukkah is not like Jewish Christmas. Right? Like I think <laughs> no. it gets marketed that way. Um, so as someone who celebrates, um, it is a different holiday altogether, though there there is some exchanging of gifts associated. Um, I am the biggest fan because Hanukkah is... A celebration, first of all, it's a it's a holiday that's not fraught, right? It's not about atonement. It's not about the afterlife. It's just about celebrating a time that a group of people did something super smart. They faced a common threat, so they all got together in a safe space, and they pooled their resources, and they basically hid away for eight nights to stay safe um, when it was a lot safer to be together than to be apart, I think this year in 2020, we should totally be celebrating (laughs) the concept of Hanukkah, which means get together with your bubble, (laughs) stay safe, the threat is a virus, (laughs) pool your resources and, you know... Party it up in your little bubble, in your teeny tiny safe bubble. So the the festival of lights, the miracle of Hanukkah is that there was enough oil to last one night. And oil was crucial. This was how you heated, how you cooked, like it was essential to life. And through a miracle, it lasted eight nights, allowing the Maccabees to survive. Well, we thought that we thought lockdown was gonna be like what, two weeks? Right. <laughs> And uh, turning into most of a year and we need to find our version of oil to survive. So I think that borrowing some of the lessons of Hanukkah are especially apt here in 2020. And it is not a particularly high holy day in any way. So if you want to celebrate, if you want to learn more about it, Google away, learn about (laughs) Hanukkah Um, and take the time. It's To me, not only is it relevant during the time of COVID, um, I think it's also relevant to climate change. I think there's a lot about Hanukkah that really speaks to me in our current moment In history. And so uh, for that reason, I'm super looking forward to celebrating it. And what we do to celebrate at our house is each night as we light the candles, um, we think about the things we want to do in the next calendar year for our community. And sometimes that's thinking about our philanthropy. Sometimes it's thinking about our volunteerism. But we make a family list of how we're going to give back. So we will be thinking about 2021 and what we're going to do as a little family unit to give back um, in the coming year. And there's nothing like it for eight nights to really take the time because the tradition is, you know, you wait until the candle is out to, or the candles are out. That's, you know, so you get this kind of long quiet contemplative period at home in this winter period so again there's something really calming about Hanukkah Mm -hmm. so if you find yourself feeling stressed in the holidays I would encourage you to incorporate some of the learnings and lessons of Hanukkah into your own into your own celebration it's a a deeply grounding centering experience um so I just love that
1: and if, so, it. so if you don't have a menorah, <laughs> you can if just you light a candle.
0: A menorah, just light a candle. That's right. It, the, there are lots of reasons the menorah is symbolic, yeah. but that symbolism um, can also be achieved with with candles you have around the home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, don't don't go buy anything. It's not like that. Um, it's actually, it's a holiday that took the capitalism a really long time to figure out how to turn it into a right. spend money. Occasion. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it doesn't have to be about money at all or buying anything, but just light a candle, think about the bigger world. Think about the people in your bubble Maybe play a game. That's why you see a lot of families play the dreidel game and things. Um, you know, you've got some time together. Uh, so, yeah. Go ahead. Google it up. It's easy to learn more about Hanukkah and to to celebrate those eight nights and that that miracle of community. Because that's what it comes down to. Is a group of people said we're safer together than apart. And they took action and it worked.
1: I love it. So.
0: So with that, uh, we will be together a little bit during December. We're going to have our volunteer opportunity together, and we are going to have a little lunch together here, socially distanced in the Community Foundation offices, um, exchange some gifts, think about the people in our lives. So I do think we've got a lovely month ahead. Hopefully the hustle and bustle of the holiday season will be tempered in a good way Mm -hmm. by our COVID life, and we'll try to, you know, keep the traditions alive of those cookies and things at home um, to, you know, with our bubbles. So I I think we're going to look back at 2020 and no matter what, it will be memorable. <laughs> if
1: nothing else, right. And, and we're, we're survivors. We'll survive this.
0: That's right. That's the plan. Um, <laughs> So thank you, Sarah, for this chit chat. I look forward to next month when we talk again. Um, and thank you all for listening. As always, uh, thanks for listening to the end of the Good Works Podcast.